success. And we've been talking now, this is week number six, we've been talking about how research and studies have shown that people who reach success in their lives, they live differently than the average person. So many people are just trying to get by in life, just trying to make it, trying to keep a job. And, but people who are successful, uh, basically what it boils down to is there's internal qualities that they have applied to their life and it's allowed them to elevate and, and achieve great, great levels of success. And we've talked about some of these. The law of vision says you have to know where you're going before uh, you can actually get there. The law of the mind says that you have to think differently. When you run into a problem in life, some people, they get pessimistic and they bog down and they, you know, they fold up their lawn chair and go home. Other people say, you know what, my God has a plan to help me get over this hurdle. So the law of vision, the law of the mind, um, the law of sowing and reaping, the law of sowing and reaping says, if you don't like how your life is going today, then you need to change your actions. We get what we do. We harvest what we plant. So if you don't like the crop in your life right now, then just turn it around. Start, start changing the things that you're planting in your life and several more. We talked about the law of faith last week. And uh, it's very, very important. The law of faith is very important. Let me, uh, let me give you just, just while during worship I was thinking about this. And a lot of the times we have faith to believe God will do things for other people but we don't have faith to believe that God will do it for me. The Bible clearly says that God does not show favoritism. What he does for me, he'll do for you. What he did for John the Baptist, he'll do for you. What he did for Elijah, he'll do for you. So we have to, we have to change, start changing our thinking. It, it matters not whether you've been successful in your life up from your birth until now. It doesn't matter what happened to you last week. What matters is today can you believe for God to do greater things in your life? Do you believe that God wants you to be the best you can, you, you, you can be? Do you believe that God cares just as much for you as the person sitting next to you? Well, I don't know, Terry. He really loves my wife. He loves you. I mean, we have to start believing. We have to start believing. We have to start believing that, that God loves me, he cares about me, and he wants me to have, uh, you know, the very best things in life. And today we're going to talk about the law of teachability, the law of teachability. And what, what, what we found is that successful people are teachable. I just want you to think about that for a minute and ask yourself a question right out of the gate. Am I teachable? Now you'll deceive yourself, but if you're married, ask, ask your spouse. And if you don't have a spouse, go to work and ask your boss. And if you have a friend, ask your friend, am I teachable? Uh, the word teachable means this, the ability to learn by instruction from others. To gain knowledge and instruction from people who are ahead of me in life and applying it in my life. I, I'm just shocked that sometimes when I talk to people and, and I'm talking to them and clearly they're struggling with some things, but they don't want advice from anybody. And I say, before me sits a foolish person. If you're not doing good and you won't listen to anyone else, you, you, how are you going to do better? And so teachability, the ability to be teachable, 
is paramount. See, there's two ways you can learn. You can make mistakes yourself and learn from them, or you can talk to other people who have already made mistakes and listen to them and avoid them. I, I told you, I'm a simple person, but I don't like pain. I don't like to make my own mistakes, you know? Uh, I was in a marriage counseling one time. The guy asked me, well, how did you learn what your wife didn't like? <laughs> well, I'm good at that. You see, if I do something and my wife doesn't respond in a happy way or an excited way or an enthusiastic way, I don't do it again. Some people continue to repeat the process, but we do that in every area of our lives. So think, think about this today. What I'm telling you is if you want to reach high levels of success, you have to be teachable. That means that you have to, first of all, allow God to speak into your life. I, I believe the reason we don't hear from God more is because we don't want to hear, we don't want to hear what he has to say. But... Okay, that one caught you off guard there. I apologize for that. You're thinking about that though, right? We went from enthusiasm to quiet, okay? But, but think about it. We have to be able to learn from God, read the Bible, learn from the Bible, hear from the Holy Spirit. And then there's other people around us who are ahead of us. And we need, we need to try to learn as much as we can from them. But here's the basic premise. There are people all around us, all of us, who are ahead of us in life. And when we're teachable, we find them and we seek them out. When we're unteachable, we think we're them. So think about this. Do you want to improve your marriage? If, if, uh, if you're, you're, for those of you that are married, uh, there are always successful married couples around you who would be happy to help you out and give you some wisdom and guidance. Do you want to improve in your career? Do you want to improve in your job? There are always people all around you who are doing what you want to do at a better level than you are. If you, if you want to uh, do better financially, there are people all around you who have mastered the ability to handle money and make good financial decisions, and, and they're, they're all around you, and you could ask, you could ask them for help. Uh, do you want to grow spiritually? There are people, again, all around you who could partner with you to help you grow spiritually. Now here's, here's the important thing. People who are successful, they love to tell the story of how they got there. They love to share the story of what they learned and how they did it, how they started that business and, and what they did and how they applied things. They love to do that. Uh, if people have a good marriage, they love to get with other couples just to tell them some of the things that they learned and some of the things they did to improve their marriage. So, so people, people uh, who, who are doing well, they're happy to share their thoughts and ideas and strategies with other people, but only if the people are willing to listen. I'm amazed at how many people talk themselves out of learning something. Come on now. So every once in a while I'll have someone say, they, they make an appointment with me and maybe I'm really busy and they wait a week and a half so, till our schedules meet up and they have an issue and they come into my office and I never get to say anything. I mean, I bless them with a prayer at the end, but they talk the whole time. And I'm sitting there thinking that, man, I, I actually have some resources 
that I could pass on to you. I know some people that could personally help you, but all they want to do is talk about their problem. They talk themselves out of an opportunity to learn. So I'm, I'm just trying to get you to think, to think this morning. These, these principles really work. They're, um, if, you, if you're not aware, we, we love to help startup churches uh, overseas and in, in America. And, and we, have, like we have a church meeting over here at noon, a startup church that didn't have a place to meet. We used to have two, and one of them, one of them didn't make it. Um, but about two years ago, this pastor came to me and said, pa- Pastor, I just started a church and I don't have a place to meet and I don't have much money. And, you know, so I said, hey, you can use our building. And he said, he said, I've never pastored before. So I would, I would love it if you would help me, if you would give me some wisdom and, you know, whatever, some advice. And his name was Tony. I said, Tony, I'd be happy to work with you, help you, anything I can to do. But only if you're willing to listen. I gave him that little tidbit there. And so the first week he came over and asked me some questions and I gave him some answers or what I thought, you know. I said, hey, Tony, I don't know everything about the church world, but I've started a church and you're starting a church, so I think I could help you. And I gave him some, just some common sense answers to some questions and I could tell that he didn't like it. So he never, he never came back and asked me anything and it was clear. So he was there for 18 months. And at the end of the 18 months, he told me, hey, we're going to close it down. I'm going to go start a church somewhere else because uh, Sugar Land's just not a good place to start a church. And I said, well, no place is a good place to start a church. 80% of them that start fail. I said, I just decided to get brave. I said, Tony, you know, I want to bless you. Can I, can I have five minutes of your time? He said, yes. I said, let me tell you why your church never grew so that you can take that with you wherever you go. I said, first of all, you don't have a leadership team. You don't have anyone helping you. You've never developed any leaders. You don't, I mean, you don't, you're, you don't have any leadership team. Number two, you don't have a worship team. I mean, you're, you're playing music on the, on the screens and all that, and I'm like, you know, if, if you went to a church that didn't have a worship team, well, I mean, even a, a bad worship team, if they didn't have any worship team, you would think, well, they're not serious. That's what I would think. I said, third is you're a family church, right? You want to reach kids, right? Yes. You don't have any nursery, child care, children's church. So people have to bring their kids into service. And a lot of people don't want their kids climbing all over them. You know, they want to come to church and be able to focus and be spiritually fed. And I said, another thing is you don't have a membership class. So how are you going to get people who are coming that like it? How are you going to get them involved in leadership and serving and all that? And so... Uh, so anyway, I told him these things, and he told me, how come you never told me this? He said, you should have told me this a year ago. I said, Tony, I tried, but you didn't want to hear what I had to say. And it just like the light went off in his head. The light went off as I had someone that could have helped me, but I didn't want it. So teachable, the ability, the ability to take instruction and apply it to our lives and grow. Proverbs 13, 18 says this. Poverty and disgrace come from him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. So being teachable is the ability, is the ability to take instruction, wisdom, guidance from anyone ahead of us, from God, the Bible, other spiritual leaders, 
people that are ahead of us in our career. Uh, that's that's, that's the, the idea of being teachable. But look, it says poverty and disgrace. In other words, a lack of success comes from people who ignore instruction, but who, whoever heeds reproof is honored. Proverbs 9, 9, it says this. This is incredible. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. So just because you're wise, just because you're doing good, doesn't mean you quit being teachable. There's always someone ahead of us. There's always someone doing better. There's always someone who can give us some advice and guidance. Give instruction to a wise man, he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. So this morning, I want to give you four habits of teachable people. Are you teachable? I hope you are. If you're not, I hope you will become teachable because none of us have a market on knowledge. I mean, I mean think about it. Think about it. I saw an illustration once. If you draw, there, if you're taking notes, draw a little circle on your note. And inside that circle, that's, that's, that's what God knows. That's all the knowledge of the universe, right? If you draw a little dot in there, that's about how much we know. That may be a little generous, okay? So all, the, all that white area, that's, that's where we can learn. That's where we can grow if we're teachable. So four things. Number one is teachable people, the habits of teachable people. A teachable person has a humble spirit. A teachable spirit has, has a humble spirit. First uh, Peter 5, 5 says this. And all of you who serve each other with humble spirits. For God gives special blessings to those who are humble, but sets himself against those who are proud. So, again, we have two choices, humility or pride. And God says, I give special blessings to the, the people who have a spirit of humility, but I oppose the proud. Pride is one of the worst things we can have in life. It's one of the worst things. And, and, and we have people filling churches all over who, ha, who, ha, who are allowing pride to rob them. You know, pride, pride will keep you from coming up for prayer when you need prayer because you don't want someone to know you're pro- you have a problem. Pride will keep you from getting counseling when you need counseling. Pride will keep you from joining a Bible study. Pride will keep you, your marriage ineffective and unhealthy because you're just not willing to admit that I have a problem. It takes humility to say, man, I need help. I need someone to come on and step aside to me. Humility may even say, you know, sometimes I need someone to kick me up the backside of my pants. That's what I need sometimes. You know, so there, there's two different things. So it, it, if you're operating in pride, that means, you know, basically you think that you know everything, you have everything right, no one else, anyone speaking to you is on a lower level. That's what pride is. But humility says God gives special blessings. Do you want God to oppose you or do you want God to pour special blessings on your life? I want God to pour special blessings upon my life. I believe that we all do. Philippians 2, 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Value others above yourselves. That means that that we value others. You know, you can value others who are below you. You can value other people who are ahead of you, who are behind you. Um, I'll be honest with you. I've been surprised as I go through life at what I learn from people I never thought I could learn anything from. 
It's amazing when you just value people and you listen to people, what you can learn. It's an amazing concept. So humility allows us to see that other people are ahead of us in some areas of life. I mean, that should be quite clear, but sometimes pride keeps us from seeing it. Humility allows us to see the value in other people's ideas, opinions, and suggestions. The thought that somebody else has a good idea, opinion, or suggestion. It's real quiet in here today. I would bring Hector back up. Y'all were really excited when Hector was singing. <laughs> but I hope I'm making you think. I hope I'm making you think that, that other people, people all around us, they have ideas, they have opinions, they have suggestions that may help us, that may help us. I had one time, this is funny, I had a guy tell me, what, was, what, is, your, what is your spiritual growth a plan, and so I showed him, and, he, and this guy told me, I don't like it. I said, show me your plan. He said, well, I don't have one. I said, you know what, I like mine better. I like mine better, you know. So anyway, anyway, we laughed about that. Humility gives us the courage to ask for help. Sometimes, you know, there, also, let me tell you, one form of pride is called self-abasement, which, oh, I can't go ask him about that. Oh, I, no, they wouldn't help me. That's a form of pride, too. It take, humility gives us the courage. It takes courage to go ask somebody or tell somebody, man, I need help. I, need, I just need help. God, I need help. I mean, we should tell God we need help. He already knows it, right? Sometimes people don't know. God knows. Uh, humility allows us to learn from other people we don't necessarily like. Do you know that you don't have to necessarily like somebody to learn something from them? But see, sometimes we're like, oh, I don't like them. I, I just shut them out. Man, there, there, there are some people in life, and they, they may not be going where we're going. We may have personality conflicts. But again, I'm amazed when we listen to people and we listen to things around us. The See, the Holy Spirit can take a nugget of, of wisdom from someone who isn't even a Christian and blow it up in your heart to help you. Amen. So, I, I mean, we just got to keep things open. Every successful person that I know got help from someone along the way. They had someone speaking into their lives, words of encouragement, words of wisdom, words of correction at times. And then they took what they learned from others and used it to catapult their lives. There was... Uh, there was a man many, many, many years ago, uh, there, was, there was a man, and um, when he was young, he just had an incredible desire to grow. This is, like 50, this is like probably 50, 45 years ago. He had an incredible desire to grow. And he went to school and he was reading books, but he's like, I need, I need wisdom from people who are way ahead of me. So he called three of the top people in the field that he wanted to thrive in. And he called their secretaries because he couldn't get a hold of them. And he told them that his request was, I want a meeting with this certain person and I'll pay them $100 for 30 minutes of their time. Which that was, you know, $100 isn't that much today. It was more 45 years ago. And do you know he got a meeting with every person? And he went in there with a notebook full of questions to ask them. He tape recorded the session. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, a tape recorder is this little thing you used to push 
push a thing on again 45 years ago. And, and first of all, none of the three people took his money and they all gave him more time than he asked for because they saw how hungry he was. Now that man, that man is John Maxwell, who's one of the foremost leaders in our country. He talks with presidents, uh, business owners all over the world. He meets with the Pope. He meets with prime ministers. And he's worth $700 million today. He started out of nothing. You can read his book. He's written like 23 books. They're all bestsellers. But see, he didn't get there by himself. He decided that he was going to be teachable. And he was going to learn from people. And he applied himself. And when you go in to talk with people who know more than you, a spirit of humility will, will let them know that I can, I, can, I can sow into this person because they're really hungry to, to use and, and do what I have. The second thing, the second habit of teachable people is that they listen more than they speak. I, talked, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. They, they, they listen more than they speak. James 1.19, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, say that everyone, everyone. should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, let, let's get away from being teachable. That's a pretty good lesson for all of us in every day of our life. So many times we get ourselves in trouble because... You know, we, we speak before we listen and before we think. So again, uh, when you get around people who have the ability to speak into your lives, listen. Just listen. You don't need to talk yourself up so that they think you're something. Listen. Just listen. When you get around greatness, listen. When you get around somebody who may know more than you, listen. When you, when you get around somebody who can help you in an area, just listen. I've told this story several times, but uh, when, I, when I first started Fame and Life in Lafayette, I was a youth pastor, and we're having a pastor's meeting, and um, brother, brother Francis, my pastor, at the time I was 25, and all the other pastors on staff, no one was under 40, no one was under 42 probably, so I was really younger. And so brother Francis asked me a question. He asked me an opinion on something, and I, so I gave my opinion, um, you know, been on the job about three weeks. I knew a whole lot, and I gave my opinion. And then as they started to talk about it, I realized that he, at, he put me there to show me where I was in the pecking order. So I went to pastor staff meetings for six months, and I never, never talked again. You get me once, you're not going to get me again. And one day Brother Francis said, Terry, you can speak now. Okay. But I speak a little bit. I just, just speak a little bit at a time. You know, the, the younger and all the young people here today, junior high or high school, college, I beg you to listen to me. I beg you to listen to me. And here's the truth. The younger we are, the less we should talk and the more we should listen. A common problem we have today is that young people think they know a lot more than they really do. And how do I know that? Because believe it or not, I was your age once. You know, kids, they know more than their parents. Students know more than their teachers. 
Someone that's just been hired on the job knows more than the CEO. I mean, it, it, it's crazy if you, if you think about it. I, uh, I heard a short story, and it went something like this. When I was in middle school, I knew a lot. When I was in high school, I knew even more. When I graduated from college, I knew everything. But once I got into the real world, I realized I didn't know much of anything. I mean, th- think about that. When I was in the Army, we just finished basic training, and so basically we'd been cooped up for, I don't know, 10 weeks, and had been, so we're, we're fixing, we're, we're about to be able to get some freedom for about 48 hours. And we were in El Paso, you know, right on the Mexico, Mexico border. And so my drill sergeant got us all together, and he says, guys, let me tell you something. I know the last week you've been in intensive hand-to-hand combat training. He said, I want you to understand, you've learned just enough to get yourself hurt. He said, some of you are going to go out there and you're going to start drinking and you're going to go take on four guys because you think you're a martial arts hitman. He said, you're not. You know about this much in hand-to-hand combat. And he's like, I, I, he said, every semester when we let people go, we're having to go get somebody out of jail. And they're all beat up and hurt because they thought they knew and they were better than they really were. And so, young people here today, uh, I know you're growing, you're doing well, but you know just about enough to get yourself in a really bad situation really quick. As a matter of fact, I tell people uh, between graduation 22 and 30, you're going to learn more about life than you will at any other time in your life. And I encourage you always to listen and ask questions and be attentive, but especially under 30, just listen. There's people around you who have a great wealth of, of, of knowledge. I had a friend of mine several years ago, and this, this lady, she had a great, she was an entrepreneur, and she had a great desire to start a business. So she started a business, but it wasn't going well. And so she went and found this man who had started 10 different companies. He's a multimillionaire. He was a guru in starting businesses. And he, she asked him to mentor her. And he said he would, so he got all of our financials and they, they finally met and he was trying to talk. She was interrupting him and she kept saying all this stuff. And he finally said, I don't want you to say one other word the next time we're here. As a matter of fact, I don't want you to ever say another word to me unless I ask you to. And then he went on to say this. He's like, I looked at your financials. You're, you're four months away from going bankrupt. And I've developed a strategy for you. And so she left. And, of course, she was offended that he talked to her that way. Who does he think he is? I'm like, well, you asked him for help, and then you wouldn't listen. I said, you know, you can either be offended or you can just take him and listen. Just be teachable. And, you know, she went back and did exactly what he said. And in just a matter of months, her whole company had turned around and her profits had tripled. Do you want to be teachable or do you want to be right? Do you want to be teachable Do you want to learn or do you want to do things your way? And I put this suggestion out there. If you're doing life the way you want to do it and it's not as good as you want it to be, get teachable. Allow yourself to be teachable. The third thing, so they have a humble spirit, people that are teachable. They listen more than they speak. And they're able to master their opinions. They're able to master their opinions. Now, 
Here's, here's the truth. The simple truth is that all of us, everyone in this room, has strong opinions and feelings, but people who are teachable, they learn to control the urge to give their opinion all the time. You, you know somebody who just, you know, they, they take it as a good thing, I just tell it like it is? Well, that's a shame because that's going to hurt you. That's going to hurt you from getting promotions. It's going to hurt you relationally. You know, just because we have thoughts in our mind, it doesn't necessarily mean they should come out. So think about this with me. And before I say these, don't think I'm talking about you because I got these from my own life. So normally if I throw myself under the bus, people feel better about themselves. So Terry's officially under the bus, okay? First of all, our opinions don't necessarily equate to truth or fact. Some of them do. Some of them do. We get principles from the Bible, things like that. But a lot, I hear people talk, and they talk like what they believe is factual truth, and it's not. You can't Google any research that supports that. You can't find any research. That is your opinion, right? And so opinion doesn't necessarily equate to truth or fact. Our opinions will change as we mature and grow. I'm telling you, when I was 18, 20 years old, I had opinions and thoughts about how life really worked. And at 49, I realized that, man, I, I was basing my thoughts, opinions, and all this on inferior knowledge and experience, right? As we grow and mature, we, you know, our thoughts and, and opinions, they'll, they'll, they'll change, they'll grow, they'll get bigger, they'll get, they'll get more, uh, I guess, based on more knowledge. In the future, we will realize that some of our opinions were flat out wrong. How many of you in here have ever had an opinion about something and years later, months later, a day later, <laughs> you realized it was just not right? It was just not right. Well, 20% of you, so 80% of you, we have issues. I'm, I was almost done, but we'll have to go a little longer today. But think, think about this. A lot of times we, we, we can't listen to other people because we have such a strong opinion in our mind of something we believe that may not even be true, so it keeps us from listening to others. Listen, there's room in your life for your opinions and ideas and thoughts to grow. There's room. There, there's room. And, you know, I, I've learned this too. That if you're a know-it-all, you really don't know as much as you think you do. I know, I would ask if there's a know-it-all in the room, but no one raised their hand. You just poke people, right? And, and, and I know I'm coming strong with this today because the, the flip side of that is if we can become teachable, God can use people all around us to help us get where we want. I mean, we've got to be teachable. We've got to be open to people speaking into our lives. We've got to be open to God, the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives. I mean, if you, read, if you read in the beginning of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters and God spoke and the Holy Spirit was just creating things. The Holy Spirit is, is creative. And a lot of times the creativity 
and the imagination of the Holy Spirit is stifled because we're not willing to listen. We're not teachable. And when we become teachable, it allows the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and give us thoughts and ideas and strategies and ways we can do things that we never even thought of. And they work. And they work. But we have to be teachable. If we're not teachable, we're going through life trying to be successful on our limited knowledge and experience. When we allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, it gives us creativity into everything. When we allow other godly people to speak into our lives that are ahead of us, it, it just it creates a flow of knowledge and wisdom into our lives that we can build upon. Number four. The fourth habit of teachable people is that they take action on what, on what they learn. They take action on what they learn. At the end of the day, you're only teachable if you're able to learn from other people and God and put it into action in your daily life. See, again, I go back to one of my pastor friends says that Christians are educated way above their ability to obey. Okay, so think about it. Being teachable isn't learning a bunch of things. That is a part of it. Being teachable is using it in my life to help me grow. That, that's, that's what it is. I, I'll never forget. This is a little while back, but I had this guy. I had done something. This guy, a younger guy, and he told me, hey, Pastor Terry, I've never done this before. Would you be willing to walk me through the process? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that for you. And so I'm, I'm walking him through it. But every time... Every time I would tell him something or try to explain something, he would say, I know. I mean, this went on for weeks, you know, every time we met. Okay, hey, you need to do that. I, I know. Finally, I said, you don't know or you wouldn't be talking to me. He said, oh, that was just a figure of speech. I said, well, find a different figure for your speech. <laughs> Man, this is nuts, right? I mean... And I think we do that. You know, we're doing something wrong and someone calls on, oh, I know. I know. James 1.22, it says, don't merely listen to the word, the Bible, the word of God, the spoken or written word of God. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. So the whole point, the whole point of learning new things is to better our lives. Um, so many people learn new information, but they never apply it to their lives. This is interesting. I had a young man one time that, man, he was just so hungry to grow. And, and, I, and I was talking to him, and in one month he read 15 different Christian books plus the Bible. But what I told him is, I'm like, okay, I, I, I've never said this to anyone before, but you're on information overload. I said, it would be better to read one book and begin to apply it in your life, in the Bible, then to read 15 books. You're having so much information coming in that you're not able to apply it to your life. You know, it's, it's you, got, you got too, too, much, too much of a good thing. I, I said, I've never said that before. I might never say it again. But, but think about it. The reason we want to be teachable is so that we can, we can uh, apply it to our lives, grow, and keep us from experiencing uh, pain in our lives. So successful people have learned the art of being teachable. Uh, they are always open to new ideas, strategies, opinions 
that could help them better their lives. And so I have a question for you today. The band can come up. The question for you today is just really if you would be honest with yourself. I can't make you do that. But just be honest with yourself. And when I ask this question, are you teachable? Are you teachable? Would people say that you're teachable? Would God say that you're teachable? Are you, are you teachable? Are you willing to learn new things? Are you willing to try new things? Are you willing to listen to the advice of other people? Or, or are you stuck in a rut doing the same thing over and over and praying for a different outcome? Would you stand with me today? Just, and just as the band gets ready to, to lead us in some worship, just, just think about this for a minute. And the, the whole thought is this, is that, listen, I, I've already admitted there's been times in my life when I wasn't teachable. And it cost me dearly. But I know this. When we have a teachable spirit, that means God can speak into our life much more easily. When we have a teachable spirit, it means that we don't get offended so easily because we're wanting to learn and grow and, and hear from other people in our lives. And, and I'm going to ask the worship team to lead us in a chorus. And then I'm going to come up for us and, and pray and dismiss us. When I dismiss us, if, if, if the guys could help us stack, stack the chairs in uh, stacks of eight, that'd be very helpful for us.